there's something about him I feel like it's me I'm looking right at him He's literally me Welcome to another episode of Literally Him, a deep dive into Ryan Gosling's filmography. I'm your co-host, Joseph. And I'm your co-host, Emilio. Welcome back to another episode, everyone. Um, I wanted to say Happy New Year to everyone. Hope you had a good first week of the new year. And I also want to ask Emilio, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, actually. I failed dry January, so... <laughs> that happened pretty quickly. <laughs> Were you actively trying? No, but uh, it was just an idea I had in my head. Like, oh, maybe I'll try it out. And then I think like my, oh, actually, my first day back at work was on New Year's Day. And me and my uh, coworker, uh, he's been a bartender there for a while. And he was uh, telling me, <laughs> he was like, oh, everyone was asking about New Year's resolutions. Like, why can't they be like, like selfish like you know i want to be more um i want to be more nihilistic about my job (laughs) because he always he's always (laughs) complaining about the brewery he's like why can't i do that like i I want more tasters during my shift like why can't i have more shots of beer you know those are resolutions right (laughs) as he was saying this he was pouring me a shot of beer and i was like yeah that's i mean it's not bad i guess that makes sense (laughs) so i immediately yeah and the last in the last episode, I said that I don't believe in New Year's resolution, but I did decide to have a resolution. I'm going to try to walk 10,000 steps at least five days a week, mm. um, which I think is doable. But I was also contemplating doing a dry January. And then um, Carolina's mom, for Christmas, her coworker gifted her a Bartesian drink. Have you seen these? They're like um, Keurigs, but for drinks, you put in alcohol water and a pod that's like a pre-made drink and um, you put it all together and it makes the drink for you and it comes out it, it looks exactly like a keurig um oh, wow. and uh yeah so she just like she was like let's try it out i was like fuck yeah and that was maybe like a day or two after <laughs> you guys uh, new years and i was like, like 10 pods <laughs> <laughs> like gotta try it out and it's pretty cool um but yeah i fucked that up too <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I think I'm kind of approaching it more, I guess it would be like to clean up my diet and be more consistent with like my cardio. That's kind of like the mindset I'm in right now. So I like kind of will excuse a drink here and there, but I'm not trying to like overdo it. But as far as like a set resolution, I don't have one yet especially because i failed it the first couple hours of the first day i just i just imagine you like take every time you take a drink you're like i'm not a fucking saint (laughs) (laughs) the world isn't all sunshines and rainbows buddy (laughs) speaking of uh sunshine and rainbows uh today we're covering remember the titans released in 2000 um emilio this is our first Disney movie that we're covering. So I wanted to ask you a couple questions. First being, um, what is your history with Disney films? Like what are some of your favorites that stand out to you? And what are some of your like favorite projects? I definitely um grew up with the cartoons a lot, like the animated movies. Watched a lot of those. I think 
Ah, uh, you know, like as far as like rewatchability, I kind of do rewatch the Guardians trilogy a lot. I know it's not exactly Disney, but you know, Disney owns everything. So obviously yeah. they own Marvel. Um, though those films are probably like my favorite projects that Disney has made. I mean, there's also like some other great stuff too. Like they do um hold a large uh stake with like National Geographic. So obviously they put out a lot of great content as far as like documentaries and 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 just like information about different animals and just stuff that we'll never be able to see. But you know, they obviously finance like projects for these people to go out and do it, which I think is really cool. Um but yeah, nothing I mean I love like Pixar movies. I I eat up Pixar movies, dude. I'll watch any Pixar movie that comes out. I even want to go see uh What's it called? Elemental? That, that yeah, yeah, recent yeah. one? I want to go see it with my mom. And I mm-hmm. was like, damn, this movie's pretty good. <laughs> and I was like a 27-year-old sitting with my mother, and there's like kids everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the movie, Mommy? I think it's pretty good. <laughs> oh, God. Why are you talking <laughs> like that to me? Because my you mom- call your mom Mommy? <laughs> <laughs> mommy, can I go buy an icy? <laughs> I have two um, fucking jobs and I'm asking her, can I get an icy? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anytime I go out with my mom, if she buys me something, I, I feel like a five-year-old again. I, I love it. <laughs> like, hell yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I love Disney too. Um, I, I definitely think about Pixar. I think about Monsters, Inc., Toy Story, all the classics like Lion King and Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the franchise that really fucking gripped me when I was a kid, what that sounds weird, um, was uh, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh um, yeah, that's right, man, Pirates of the Caribbean, dude. When that first movie came out, like I was all about that shit. And then the second and third movie were awesome. The fourth movie with Penelope Cruz, unfortunately, is kind of a stinker. But when they came mm-hmm. back with the fifth one, with um, oh god, what the who's Penelope Cruz's husband? He was in No Country for Old Men. Oh, Javier uh, Bardem. Yes, Harvey Bardem plays a bad guy in the fifth one. That one is fucking amazing. I love the fifth one so much. Damn, um, I need to rewatch yeah, that so the, Yeah, they're great. Me and Kato rewatched them pretty recently. And um, yeah, the fifth one is so fucking good. And the first one's awesome too. Um, but yeah, uh, I also want to say that Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, can go fuck himself. Um, I love <laughs> Disney. I love Disneyland. But um, yeah, it's they're shady as shit. And they're they're also a crappy ass conglomerate that will do anything to put more money in their pockets. So yeah, yeah dude, I was too. watching, um, I was watching this, oh fuck. I can't remember his name. I think it's called defunct land on YouTube. This guy yeah. does like all these documentaries about Disney and stuff. And he was talking specifically about Disney, the company. And I guess before Bob Iger, there was this other guy whose name I can't remember, but he like pretty much was like the leader of Disney during like the Renaissance. And when he was leaving, there was a lot of chatter about who's going to replace him and a lot of people or no, actually, well, yeah, some people wanted Bob Iger and this guy who was um, the head of Disney before Bob Iger said that he didn't want to give Bob Iger that position because he just lacked creativity and he just didn't see him as a creative person. And he saw him as someone who would be more of like a um, look out for the financial means of the company rather than like putting out good quality content and uh something happened where some things got voted around and bob Iger ended up getting the position 
And that's literally exactly what happened. <laughs> like they started buying everything because they couldn't make it, good content. So they're like, oh, let's buy 20th Century Fox because they're making good shit. And like, oh, let's buy Marvel. Let's buy this and that. And yeah, yeah. all the shows suck. Disney, yeah, dude, like it's really bad. Like um, I will always defend Star Wars. I love Star Wars, but the recent three movies are kind of stinkers. Um, hey, the new Rise of the Resistance ride on Disneyland is fucking awesome. So that I think it was awesome, worth yeah. it just for that. <laughs> I fucking love that ride. And then like Disney technically owns the Simpsons now, like because mm-hmm. they own 20th Century Fox. Like it's so wild. But um, shifting gears, I also wanted to ask you, uh, this is our first movie with Denzel Washington, who is a, I, in my personal opinion, like the most amazing actor of our generation. I love Denzel Washington so much. Um, I just want to ask you, what is your personal history with Denzel Washington and uh, what movies do you like from him? Oh, dude, like the first movies I watched when I was a kid, because like I had, you know, well, like I guess my no, my dad was like probably a few years older than I am now. But um, my dad and my uncles were like in their 30s, so they didn't want to watch kids movies. So they would put on like training day. <laughs> and john q <laughs> <laughs> so i would i would be watching these movies at like seven or eight years old just watching john q and thinking like oh my god is this guy gonna get his kid a heart like holy shit <laughs> and then um yeah i just i absolutely love denzel washington he's insanely talented he's such a good actor and it's crazy because you get those roles that he was in like like this one like remember the titans John Q, um, Training Day, like he kind of plays like this bigger, um, like kind of maybe not larger than life, but like um, this role model, I guess. And well, except for Training Day, like in Training Day, he's the bad guy, obviously. But um, I still like, root for him in that movie. Yeah, though. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> but then he does these movies like Flight and uh, Roman J. Esquire. And he just did uh, that Macbeth movie for Apple. Yeah. Like, dude, he's so so versatile. He's such a versatile actor. (laughs) Me and my cousin, me and my cousin have been (laughs) me and my cousin have been uh, repeating that uh, quote that he does in flight where he's at the trial and he goes, I'm drunk right now. (laughs) 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 He was telling, I don't know why. Uh, we started talking about this movie, but it was it's such a good movie. Flight is such a good movie. And um, I guess he was having an argument or not an argument, but like his uh, girlfriend was like uh, scolding him for coming home late and buzzed. And like she had this whole dialogue and then he goes, I'm drunk right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we've been saying to each other for the past like couple days. <laughs> is this your uh, cousin Pete? <laughs> yeah i didn't want to put his name <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i only break up his name because uh there's a character named pd in the movie and i, I kept oh, thinking yeah. about him <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i agree with you he, uh denzel is so fucking awesome um another movie that i think the first movie i saw him in was probably glory about Ooh. the uh african-american battalion uh, during the civil war oh yeah and then um he's also in philadelphia mm-hmm. with uh, tom hanks uh john q is another movie i'm glad you brought that up i feel like a lot of people haven't seen that one that one's an amazing movie i love that one so much yeah and um the equalizer series are fucking awesome and fun he's so he's like older in those but he's still like this kick-ass fucking uh uh gun for hire and also uh man on fire with um Mm -hmm. 
oh fuck what's her name uh dakota the, fanning with dakota fanning yeah they're they're both awesome in that movie i love that one too um but yeah let's go ahead and start delving into our movie remember the titans released by disney in 2000 um i've seen this movie probably like no shit like at least 50 something times i've seen it a lot um it's definitely one that's been in heavy rotation uh if you have like a substitute for the day i felt like they would either show this (laughs) or the sandlot or maybe like home alone or something like that if it's christmas time uh so i've seen it a shitload of times and i always love it i always love watching it so easy to digest even though it it deals a lot with racism. (laughs) But, um, and then also (laughs) I wanted to point out that uh, we're covering this because Ryan Gosling is in it. He's not exactly a major character, but he is so fucking prominent in the film. Like there are a lot of shots of him in the background. Um, What's your personal history with the movie? Oh, dude, I, I grew, I grew to love this movie and it's only because my, one of my cousins was obsessed with this movie and he was always playing it, and he was in football at the time, so he yeah. the, he would watch this movie like religiously, and I would just be like, "Fuck, why the fuck do we have to watch this movie again?" <laughs> like, he would have it on like almost every day, and I guess like rewatching it later on in life, I was kind of like, "Oh, like this movie's pretty good," <laughs> but I just associate this movie with my cousin, um just because you used to watch it all the time, but it, it is a really great movie. And I was actually surprised too how, how much the camera does show Ryan in this movie. Cause he's such like a minimal character, but he, he also kind of seems like kind of like a small comedy relief role. Cause a lot yeah, of the definitely. stuff he's doing is like funny. Yeah. Um, and like we talked about, about uh, Ryan Gosling that he started his career as a child actor and he did a Disney show Uh, called Mickey and Friends and I'm assuming I should have done some research but he got this role because he already had a connection with Disney so in the movie he's like he's playing a teenager and in real life he's probably like 19 or 20 so he looks really young Um, and this is right before he does uh, other roles like The Believer or Murder Mm -hmm. by Numbers so he's he's still a kid Um, this movie was actually my introduction to Ryan Gosling Um, for whatever reason his character really like uh stuck with me even though he wasn't a main character and then it wasn't until drive came out that he really like popped as an actor for me and i realized like oh yeah that's the guy from remember the titans i remember him yeah um so this was my first time ever seeing this motherfucker in a movie (laughs) so it feels like (laughs) it feels nice to come back to him be like okay cool this one's good i like this movie (laughs) yeah do you know who else is in this movie too uh hayden panettieri i think i'm saying that right she plays like the daughter of the yes. white coach. Dude, she's so young in this movie. It's yeah. so crazy. She gives a good performance like oh man, like like we talked about before with child actors, they can come off as like so like bad cuz obviously they're kids, you know, what experience yeah. do they have, but um I will say that and I know that this is a very popular take uh and I feel bad saying it cuz she's probably like 4 or 5 in the movie or she's like 9 I think. Um, but she's fucking annoying in this movie. I don't like her character. <laughs> she's so annoying. <laughs> she kind of is annoying, yeah. She's good, but she's like she's like that annoying kid in this movie. Definitely, yeah. But um, yeah, and everyone gives such a good uh performance, and the cast is like fucking star studded. We have Ryan Hurst in it as well, who is prominent in um Sons of Anarchy. 
Uh, we have Dude. Wood Harris playing Julius. We have Ethan. How do you say his name again? Ethan Suple. Suple. Yeah, he's so fucking good in this movie. Uh, Donald Faison is in it as well. Just fucking star studied man sorry i cut you off were you gonna say something no i was gonna say like i had no idea that uh ryan hurst who plays gary Bertier was opie in sons of anarchy just because he looks so drastically different because obviously yeah. now he sports like the long hair and the big beard and in this film he's like a clean cut clean cut clean cut white boy <laughs> All star American, all star American, but tries I, to tries to punk Denzel Washington at one point. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, I was I was genuinely uh, surprised to see that this is the guy who grows into like Opie and does like shows like Vikings and he sports like also like apparently this guy's like uh, some type of Buddhist or something, as well as Charlie hmm. Charlie Hunnam. Like they're really close friends in real life. And they're both cool. into like like some type of uh um some type of Asian religion. I'm not too sure. I'm I might I'm sure it might be Buddhism, but yeah, like so drastically different now. Say Buddhism, Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> they worship the booty. It's just a picture of a uh, Joseph's wagon in a church. <laughs> I get down with this. Uh, it is funny because, like, if you do look at Ryan Hurst, you'd probably assume that his takes in the as this character are much akin to him in real life. Because <laughs> he does look like a, I don't know, like he might shout a slur at you. But uh, that's good to hear that he's Buddhist. I think that makes him <laughs> chill. I guess. Um, let's go ahead and delve into it. So we open up on a shot of uh it's a fall morning uh we see that we're at a cemetery and the words pop up based on true events and denzel washington pops up uh we have a narration from a woman who we don't know who it is just yet and she says in virginia football is bigger than christmas and she goes on to say that like uh, high school football in virginia at this time is the biggest thing ever it's 1971 desegregation of schools have just occurred in Virginia. So now uh, black and white students will go to the same school. There's no longer segregation. And there's a lot of protests going on at this time. We cut from the cemetery to 1971. And we see that there's a huge fucking protest happening outside of this convenience store because of this convenience store owner who is white shot and killed a black patron. Um, do you want to walk us through this scene where we cut to football practice? Oh, well, um, yeah. So it cu- it pulls in um, or pulls in. It shows all the guys from, I forget the name of the high school. It's something like. <laughs> I Damn, I don't remember either. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it cuts to like the high school and the guys are uh, practicing. And Ryan Gosling makes his first entrance. He's running down to the school and he screams out um to the field oh there's something going on at the store (laughs) (laughs) dude i was so surprised how fast he popped up in the movie i was like oh shit there he is (laughs) my cousin always like uh reiterates what uh how he says it like that because i told him like oh yeah like i love that movie drive he's like oh isn't that the guy from remember the titans oh there's they they shot the guy at the store you guys gotta come down here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah so he basically oh, by tells the, way, uh, the sorry the name of the high school is tc williams high school 
T.C. Williams High School. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, so yeah, he goes and warns, or not warns, but tells the whole team what's going on. And um, Gary Berdier, I think I'm saying his name correctly, him being the high school uh, captain of the football team, pretty much leads most of the guys over to the store to, I guess, I guess, uh, protest in like solidarity with all the other white people there, I'm assuming. I, but I, before... I would assume that they were going to beat the shit out of the black people that showed up there. Oh, yeah, that too, probably. They're probably going to do either one. Either one is bad. <laughs> but uh, but the coach who is played by Will Patton and his name is Coach Bill Yost. Yost. He, pull, Yost. he pulls up and basically tells them to get in the car. What are you kids doing? Brings them back to his office. Uh, and while doing while walking to his office, he tells them, don't embarrass me like that. I'm the coach. Like you kids are going to be out of football if you ever do something like that. And then we're introduced to Coach Herman Boone, who is played by Denzel Washington, who is waiting in Coach Yost's office. Yeah, and right before they walk in, uh, I never know if it's Jerry or Gary Bertier, but Gary is the uh, the football captain. Uh, at this point, the school is not desegregated, so it's all white players led by Coach Yost. Um, and so Gary is walking into Yost's uh, um, office and he says the most racist shit of like, I'm not playing with those animals. Oh, and yeah. as he walks in, he sees uh, Coach Boone, Denzel Washington inside and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so like Coach Boone introduces himself and he's like, oh, I- I'm the new coach here. Like our, our schools are integrated now. So I'm going to be coaching here. And which this comes to a big fucking surprise to Coach Yost, who is the head coach at the time. And he tells him, like, you must be mistaken. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, so Boone, uh, Coach Boone tells him that he is, will be the assistant coach. And um, yeah, Coach Yost, Yost, Coach Yost tells him, oh, well, I mean, I haven't even hired you. Like, this is a decision made by the board. And uh, it's kind of funny because both coaches and even the other uh, assistant coach are all um, under this understanding. Like they all don't want to work with each other and like they're kind of just thrown into this thing because because of the fact that these schools are being um, integrated with uh, both black and white students and that they're all kind of I, I do like this. Um, uh, How do you say it like this humility that uh Boone has as a character, whereas he understands that like this is disrupting things, but it's also disrupting things for him too. So he doesn't want to work with these people as well. But I do love this character in which he wants to do good by his players. And that's made very prominent in this scene. And then, um, yeah, and then we cut to like uh, another scene right after this where I believe it's Coach Boone's family is moving into this mainly white neighborhood and all the uh, white people that have lived there are like getting being nosy and they're making some pretty racist comments (laughs) about why they're there. Like one lady thinks that they're looting the house and yeah. um, Yeah. And then like, obviously 
Boone's family members show up and they're saying like, oh my God, like it's a, they're taking over the neighborhood kind of thing. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like, cause obviously this was a different time, a really shitty, uh, terrible time, but also it's kind of crazy to hear this is the mindset of people back in the day. It's also crazy to hear it in a Disney movie too. Um, in my recollection, that the, I thought this movie took place in like the early '60s, but it's 1971, so that makes it even worse. Of like shit, like I mean, yeah. the civil rights movement just ended like six years ago, so like yeah, of course things aren't going to go that fast, but still, it's like holy shit, in the '70s it was still it was still bad. Um, yeah. So yeah, we see them move in. The neighbors are really like not welcoming at all. Uh, once again, Boone meets with Yost again because Boone is told by the head of the education department, like, you're going to take his job. You're going to be head coach. And Boone is reluctant, saying, like, I'm not here to fire a person. Like, I don't want to f- turn everything up upside down. So he goes to meet with Yost and he tells him, like, I want you to be my assistant coach. And um, he re- reassures uh, uh, Coach Yost, like, I'm not going to like treat your white players any differently I would with my boys uh, at, at the high school I worked at. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that if they're good players, they're going to play for me. And that's it. And I like uh, Denzel Washington's line. He says like, uh, why are you worried about your boys? I'm not going to cook them and eat them. The oh, best yeah. players are going to play. And so uh, Coach Yost rejects him. And we cut to Coach Yost going to an award ceremony for a Hall of Fame award. Um, at this award ceremony, all his players are there along with their parents. And he's giving a speech saying that I'm going to take the year off um, and Coach Boone is going to take over, to which everyone starts to clamor and says, I'm not going to play for that guy. If you're not going to be the coach, I'm going to quit. And we see that this sets off Coach Yost and he realizes like, shit, I have to take this fucking job if I'm going to keep the peace around here because I can't have these players not fucking play football just because they're too racist to do it. So we cut to, what is the next scene? I believe um, it's where Coach Boone is pretty much having a team meeting with all the kids that he brought over from his high school. And, I, you know, it's kind of funny because obviously people have different styles of coaching. And I see Coach Boone style and I see my uncle style of coaching. Like when I used to be on his like on his sports teams. And it's very like, oh, like this isn't fun. Like this is sports. Like this is serious. And right. Um, yeah, it made me hate sports. <laughs> You're like, damn, my uncle just stole fucking Denzel Washington's character. <laughs> my uncle's coach Boone. What the hell? Um, <laughs> but yeah, in uh, so obviously you get some players that are a lot more um, flamboyant and outspoken. They're like, they're obviously thinking like this is for fun. And Coach Boone just like shuts that shit down and tells him like, we're here to play. This isn't fun. This isn't um, party time. Like this is football. And right when this happens, Coach Yoon brings in. Wait, did I say that right? How the fuck do you Yost. say that? Yost. Coach Yost. God it's like toast, it. but with a Y. Okay. Coach Toast. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, uh, Coach Yost brings in his team along with his assistant coach, and it is a very intense meeting. And basically what comes from this is Coach Boone and Coach Yost decide that they're going to pretty much work with each other and that Coach Yost is going to be in charge of defense. 
Um, Coach Boone's going to be in charge of offense, and they're going to find a way to work together because neither of them want to see any of their players get left on the sidelines and not play. And they also bring their own assistant coaches as well. And it, Coach Yost has his assistant coach, Coach Herb, who is a adamant fucking racist and yeah. such an asshole throughout the movie. Um, also in the scene, we see that um, uh, Coach Boone is talking to his black players. We're introduced to uh, some prominent characters like Julius. Um, we have Donald Faison playing Petey. Petey is probably my favorite character. He's so fucking funny in this movie. We have Blue and Rev. And as he's only talking to these black players out of nowhere, um, Louie walks in. Louie is a a heavy set white player who is incredibly chill and not racist like the rest of the white characters. And even the black players treat him like, like, what the fuck are you doing with us, dude? Go with the white people. And he's like, I don't care. Like, we're just friends. We're all playing football. Right. And his character is so fucking funny. Um, So, yeah, they agree to split up the the team so yost is doing defense and and boone will focus on offense and they don't really like talk to each other they're just split up the team in half so we cut to the first day of camp um they show up coach boone orders the kids the players to dress up make sure they're in like their sunday best and they head out to to camp and he tells them if you can survive camp you'll be on the team if you can't then that's it you're cut and you won't, you won't be on my team so gary bertier uh, runs up to uh, Denzel Washington's character, Coach Boone, and he tells him, look, uh, here's how it's going to go down. Uh, we don't need any of your people on defense, and we're going to make sure, you have to make sure that at least half of the rest of the team is our white players, and that's just the way it's going to be. He's trying to intimidate him, trying to be tough, to which uh, Coach Boone does not take any bullshit. He tells him, like, oh, you're really funny. You're Jerry Lewis, and your friend behind you over here is um, Dean Martin. Dean Martin. <laughs> and uh, he uh, introduces them, like, check it out, everyone. We have Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. He claps it up. And I love this scene, how fucking intense he gets with this fucking teenage kid. He tells him, like, um, look, all that matters is that you are, you got to remember that you're brothers, right? There's only two people that matter. Your brother's on the team and uh, also your daddy. So I want you to take a guess. Who is your daddy? And he's like, uh, you are. He's like, that's right. I'm your daddy. <laughs> like, it's just so like, <laughs> like, yeah, you should never talk to a child like that. But still, it is very funny in the scene, the way that like how charismatic Denzel is that he could just sell fucking anything. Um, yeah. Do you want to walk us through the rest of the scene? Um, yeah. So they all get on to these two buses, but they are separated. So it's one bus with all the black players and one bus full of white players. And Boone walks into the bus. He begins to look around and he says, you know what? Everyone get out of the bus. So he has everybody get out and he assigns everybody a roommate. But it's based off of um, color. So one white player is going to room with one black player. And he basically tells them, like, these are your roommates. These are your friends. These are your teammates. You're going to you're going to spend your time with them and you're going to get to know them like you. We can't. He pretty much realizes that this deep rooted. Obviously, it's racism, but this deep rooted um, idea of. I'm not going to talk to this person. And obviously this person not going to talk to me is, 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 is just so stuck in their minds that he has to force them all to get to know each other. 
because obviously you can't play on a team with people you don't like. And I love how this character Boone just sees everything for how the world is, but he's actively like trying to change it, especially like with his team. And so they all get paired up and they go to their football camp. And literally the first fucking day, the two captains get into a fight with each other because Jerry doesn't want to see a, I think it's like a, an Olympic medal poster. Um, but I yeah, can't remember when, which um, athlete it is. I, I forget the name. Uh, oh, I forget the name of the, the athletes too, but it's the, from the 68, 69 Olympics, I think, or the, um, the two black um, track stars gave the black yeah. power salute on the podium. Yeah, and I, I love. I actually love this confrontation with um, uh, Jerry and uh, Campbell because, like, the banter that they say to each other, and especially from Campbell, he's like, "Our Jerry tells him, I'm not going to look at that wall for for two weeks." And he goes, "Or is it two two weeks or three weeks or something yeah. like that?" He's like, "I'm not going to look at that wall for two weeks." He's like, "All right, we'll look at your wall." And he's like, well, yeah. take that poster down. He's like, well, you better get some x-ray vision, Superman, and look past it because I'm not taking it down. And then they begin to fight. And then lo and behold, Ryan Gosling shows up. He's the he first goes, one. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, fight. <laughs> and a big old fight ensues. Yeah. In this scene, I always notice how. Um, so even in the scene before on the bus and everything, like Ryan Gosling is in the background. He's so yeah. fucking prominent. It's almost as if the director was like, make sure that fucking kid is in the background. I got to see him in every shot. Um, <laughs> but in the fight, uh, like it's a rush of uh, of black players and white players that come in and they all start fighting with one another. And if you notice in the background, Ryan Gosling gets shoved onto the bed by one of the black pay- players, and then oh, a black yeah. player throws a punch at him. <laughs> it's very like <laughs> it's very it's funny just to see him throughout the whole thing. And yeah. also, when you look up the movie, he is the third person to pop up on the list, mm-hmm. and he is not a main character whatsoever. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, I think like, well, because obviously Denzel is like the Ted star of the movie. I think like Google does a thing where if it's like an older movie, they just go based off of like who's the most prominent actor like now. Because, yeah, you get Denzel and Ryan Hurst and then Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And then there's like two more people and then it's the other coach. Yeah. So yeah, it's very like very it's 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 definitely set up very differently than how their what their roles are in the movie for sure. Yeah. Um so yeah, we cut to uh Coach Boone. He's lecturing all the students, telling them like, Oh, you guys are real fucking tough, huh? Thinking that you could you're just gonna fight. He's like, Well, let me tell you how it's gonna go down. If you guys ever fuck up on my team, if you he doesn't curse, by the way, I'm just cursing right now. It's a it's a PG <laughs> movie. Um he tells them, if you ever mess up, you ever drop a ball, you fail on a run, you trip, whatever, you're going to run a mile. So let's start right now. Let's run a mile since you guys all want to be tough guys. And we cut to practice. So we set up in this practice in this montage that Coach Boone just is a tough-ass coach. He does not put up with anything. Mm-hmm. And he has no problem getting in the face of any of his players. Well, Coach Yost is a little lighter. He is so, like, they have this automatically, they have this, like, good cop, bad cop mentality and, like, relationship. And it's obvious that Coach Yost is the one that's a bit nicer to his players. A line that has always stuck with me from this movie is in this scene, Coach Boone is yelling at Petey because he dropped a ball. And he's just like, 
come on, man. Like, you can't get it together. Like, that was an easy pass. And he yells out, you're killing me, Petey. Like, that shit <laughs> has just been stuck in my mind since I first saw this movie. And then we see, we cut to them at the at the dining hall. And uh, Louie, played by uh, Ethan Suple, is that how you say his name? Suple, I think. Or Suple. I Either one. Uh, he, he sits down with the black players, to which uh, Julius, who is the captain of the... Is it offense or defense? Offense. Uh, offense. Yeah. He tells him, like, what are you doing, man? Like, go sit with your white friends. And Louis responds, like, hey, man, like, we're all on the same team, right? So, like, we're all friends. And then um, all of Julius's friends, who are also black, tell him, like, dude, like, lighten up. Like, Louis wants to be your friend. He's a cool guy. Like, just accept him. Like, we see even that Julius has his guard up. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a black player, but he also has his guard up. Like, man, I don't want to trust these white people whatsoever. Um, and then do you want to walk us through the rest of the scene? Oh yeah. So, um, coach Boone sees that, uh, fuck what's Ethan's plays, uh, character's name again. Uh, Louis, Louis, he sees Louis sitting with everybody and he goes up to him and I love how like Louis interacts with coach Boone, like very, like, like he's like the commander of like yeah. the team because he like stands up and like salutes him. And like Boone's just like being chill with him and just asking him questions. He's like, sir, yes, sir. This is my friend, sir. We're all friends, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it turns out that he, uh, Louis knows more about the black players on the team than anyone else. And even like he knows more about the players on the teams than even some of the black players know about the other white players on the team. And um, there is a, there is a nice like, um, moment that sorry i thought riley was eating something uh there was like a moment where uh boone asked him like what do you want to do louis like like how do how do you see your life after football and he's like oh well i I guess i would just get a job or something you know i just like to um i'm just a big dude and i just want to use it to like push people on the field and he's like oh yeah i like that a man with uh i meant like who's self-aware he goes well what about like college he's like oh, i'm not gonna go to college like i'm fucking white trash <laughs> he basically says like i'm dumb like no one in my family went to college and he tells him like i'll tell you what uh, every week you bring in your test scores to me for the school year and we'll see if we can get you into like college and he tells him but this is between me and you don't tell anybody so like obviously it shows how much um compassion coach boone has for all the players on his team whether or not they are black or white. And it shows like how compassionate Louis is too. Like he doesn't, he thinks he's just there to play football and he's just there to make friends and then meet people, which I thought was like a very nice tone to add to the film, like dealing with everything that's going on. And then we get into practice, which is fucking intense from what it fucking looks like. Oh, uh, well right before that, um, so after Louis shares all this, uh, Coach Boone says, okay, so here's your assignment for the whole team. Mm-hmm. I want you to get to know every single person on your team. Specifically, if you're a white, you're going to meet with all the black players. And if you're black, you're going to meet with all the white players and get to know each other. He's like, until you do that, and he also wants like a report on each person. He's like, until you do that, we're going to be training three times a day. Mm-hmm. And so he really wants these people to get to know each other. So he cut to montage before we get to practice. And it's like um, the white players beating with the black players. Uh, Ray 
who is uh, Gary's like best friend at the time is like incredibly racist asking mm-hmm. the most fucked up questions of like, like, Oh, so he's, he's with one of the black players. He's like, who is your father? He's like, Oh wait, do you even have a father? Like just saying the most fucked up things. Yeah. And we also have, um, uh, Ryan Gosling's character, Alan paired up with blue and Alan is showing blue his favorite song, which is like a country song. And Ryan Gosling is doing like this little, like, like yeah, Southern like dance dance. Yeah. And he's telling blue, he's like, come on, tell me like, that's pretty good. <laughs> and then blue, uh, what did, how does blue respond? He said he has a line. That's pretty funny. Uh, I forget his line, but like, well, yeah, Ryan Gosling's character is like, come on, like, don't tell me you don't like it. You know what? You don't have to say anything. I could, I already know. I already know what the answer is. <laughs> he says something like about how this is like torture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, but that that little line is so funny. Like, cause he looks like just like this goofy kid, and he's like, "Come on, like, you know this is you know this is good, right? I don't even have to ask you if this is good or not. I know this is good music to you." <laughs> even at this young age, he's so like charming. I think about mm-hmm. all the movies he's done where he's like uh, doing a comedic performance, and he's still like just as charismatic. I that's probably the reason why his his uh, character stuck out to me so much, even though he's just a, like an extra. Um, but yeah, from this, we cut to practice and, um, we see that practice is fucking crazy and uh-huh. it's a super hot day and blue tells coach Boone, like, come on, man, like, can we just get some water? And even like doing this, um, this is like crossing a boundary for Boone. He does not like that blue spoke to him this way. So he tells the whole team, all right, guys, since blue is so thirsty, we're going to do up downs until blue is no longer tired and thirsty. Mm-hmm. So he makes the team do up downs, which is essentially they're like running in place. And whenever he blows the whistle, they have to drop down, get back up and then run in place again. Um, and they do it as they're doing this. Coach Boone has the whistle in his mouth, whistling, using it every so often. And Yost turns to him and tells him, like, there's a fine line between tough and crazy. And you're being crazy right now. And then finally, Boone stops practice. And then immediately we see Ryan Gosling throw up yeah. because the practice is so tough. <laughs> is this the second movie we've seen him throw up? Because he definitely threw up in The Believer. Oh, no. He and also, in The Place to Be on the Pines. There you go. All right. That one was three a weird times. One, though. I think it was like in that <laughs> film, it was like the nervousness. But even when I watched it in the theater, I was like, why the fuck is he throwing up like that? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, honestly, like, like coming from like practicing or playing in football for a while till I decided to like quit. <laughs> but dude, that fucking shits and it sucks. <laughs> like up down sucks, all the running. And yeah, dude, like we've we've I've thrown up at practice a few times. Like other players have thrown up. Like it's just it's fucking sucks. <laughs> From uh, this scene, we see that they finally get some water. And even them just lining up to get water, they cause a fucking fight. So Boone realizes, like, shit, we're getting nowhere. Like, these kids still fucking hate each other just because of their race. So the next day, he decides uh, he's going to... Oh, no, right before this, uh, Julius and Gary finally have a one-on-one, both the team Mm -hmm. captains. And so Gary tells him, like, dude, let's just get to know each other. I'm fucking tired of having practice three times a day. Like, we're getting killed out there. Let's just get to know each other already. Which Julius retorts, like, I have no interest getting to know you. You cannot tell me anything that I don't already know. To which Gary responds, well, you know what? What you should know is that you're a waste of talent. 
you're very, very talented, but you don't listen to anyone, man. Like there are people out there giving you advice that you don't want to take. To which Julius responds to him, well, fine, I'll tell you something. None of your white players are guarding the black players. And what kind of shit is that? How can we run a team if you're not going to be looking for out for each other's back? And so finally, they have this like little connection. Finally, they're like, their relationship is finally building. Um, and then we cut to a 3 a.m. practice where they go out to run. Do you want to walk us through the scene? Yeah. So uh, Coach Boone wakes up everybody and tells them that they're going to run. And whoever comes back from the run or whoever can complete the run is going to stay on the team. So actually, I was, I, I couldn't, I didn't remember this part that well, but I was surprised that Coach Boone was leading the run. So yeah. he was able to finish this this fucking run. He's more fit than a than like a teenage boys who are at their like physical like peak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. He's more fit than fucking Ryan Gosling in this movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> they do this run and they run all the way to the uh, location where the Battle of Gettysburg was, and literally everybody's out of breath and everyone is just tired. And he's standing upright and it sounds like he's out of breath, but he's like composing himself very well. And he tells them that, yeah, that this was the location of the Battle of Gettysburg. 15,000 young men lost their life on this field. And um, they were people that were probably around the same age as they were. And they were fighting for a cause that they all believed in. And, um, I can't remember how exactly. Do you remember how he like uh, brings it back to like their team aspect? Yeah, he says, uh, "Take a lesson from the dead. If you don't uh, care, if you don't come together, that we will be destroyed." And he says, mm-hmm. "Like we're fighting the same fight that they were fighting during the Gettysburg during the Civil War." And he says, uh, "You don't have to like each other, but you have to respect one another. Otherwise, would, you're going to yeah. end up dead on the field, just like these guys did." Yeah, I like that line. You don't have to like each other, but you have to respect each other. Yeah, man, Denzel really knows how to fucking get you pumped up. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to run a mile. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm going to run to the Gettysburg right now. <laughs> Where is that? Oh, in Alabama. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, and then we cut to a nighttime practice. And they're running, they're having a scrimmage, and we see that Ray, Jerry's like super racist friend, is not blocking for Rev, who is the quarterback, who's a black quarterback. And finally, Gary gets fucking I don't know how to say Gary or Jerry, but we're talking about the same person as Bertier. And um, <laughs> he gets in Ray's face. Finally, he fucking gets up into the face of one of his white players and he tells him, like, dude, if you don't fucking block for Ray, I'm gonna knock your fucking head off pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then um Julius takes notice. He's like, oh shit, fucking Jerry stuck to his word. He fucking he talked to his white players. And to which they run the play again. The play goes perfectly. And um Jerry is super pumped up and he starts to like hit Julius on the oh, on yeah. the um on the chest and he says uh, left side and then Julius responds strong side and hits him and it's like this nice moment of like oh shit the fucking team is finally coming together and even the coaches take notice mm-hmm. um, okay the next scene one of my favorite fucking characters is uh, when uh, uh, Ronnie Bass aka Sunshine appears oh, yeah. uh, do, do you want to walk us through this scene yeah so um, this this car pulls up uh, during practice, and this long-haired 
a white boy gets out of the car, long blonde hair, kind of like, I guess you would like how you would imagine like a surfer looks. And his father is in a military outfit. And he goes up to Coach Boone and Coach uh, Yost and tells them that uh, he just moved in from California and he heard how great of a coach uh, Coach Boone was and Coach Yost and he wants his son to play. And uh, fuck, what's the guy's last name again? Bertier. 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 So Bertier looks over and sees this long haired guy and he calls him a fruitcake. And... While Coach Boone and Coach Yost are talking, uh, he grabs a football and throws it right at Bertier, who is probably yards away from him, showing him that he knows how to throw a football and that he should be playing on that team. And Coach Boone even sees this, and he's like, I think there is a spot for your son on this team on one condition, and he has to get his, <laughs> he has to cut all his hair. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Like, they're still, like, conservative, even though, like, <laughs> it is, yeah. like, they're leading, like, desegregation. They're still like, no, you got to cut your fucking hair, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I there is a line that sticks out to me where Coach Boone says, like, uh, you know, we're kind of filled up on our roster. Why don't you go to the neighboring high school? I'm sure they need someone. And the his uh, uh, Sunshine's dad retorts with, like, oh, well, I'm in the military, and the military are desegregated, and if we can fight together alongside each other, black and white, then I believe my son should be able to do that on a football team, which is kind of, like, now growing up is kind of, like, a bleak take of, like, hey, if we could die next to each other, we can we can do anything. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, okay, it took that to fucking <laughs> get to desegregation. But anyways, Sunshine, uh, oh, so uh, PD walks up to uh, Ronnie Bass, is his name, and he tells him, like, oh, like, you're a ray sunshine, man. Like, just seeing how, like, gregarious and nice he is. And he's talking up and having a conversation with him. And then uh, he's like, I'm going to call you Sunshine. That's your nickname, all right? And then uh, Ronnie Bass looks over at him at Petey. He's like, yeah, man, I can dig it. I like it, bro. Oh, yeah. And he, like, daps him up. And then, like, Petey turns back to his, like, black friends. And he's like, holy shit, he's cool as fuck. <laughs> and he goes, like, he called me bro. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny how, like, they introduce his character like, oh, he's from California. And like, this is the personality that they give him. Just like super like, oh, yeah, dude, like we're cool, bro. <laughs> That's it's super me. funny. I'm from California. <laughs> That's literally me. I'm Ronnie Bass. <laughs> I'm Ronnie um, Bass. <laughs> this is one of the more strange scenes, I guess, because like there's no like lead up to this. It just kind of happens. So they're in... um shit wait let me get my notes i fucked up they're in the lockers yeah i lost my place uh, sorry they're in the lockers and um uh god damn it i can't remember how it's bertier 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 brute et tu brute (laughs) (laughs) bertier is talking with campbell and um Sunshine comes up to him. I forget what exactly Sunshine tells him. He tries um, to tell him something like, hey, man. Oh, like, yeah, like we're cool. Can we just like bury the hatchet or something? Yeah. And he leans in and kisses Bertier. And Bertier, and he's obviously taken aback and like a little fight breaks out. And it's kind of funny because they, they separate them. Well, mainly uh, Bertier gets separated. And Campbell's asking him, like, what happened? Like, what'd he do? And he, like, he doesn't know how to say it. And he's just like, oh, uh, 
dude kissed me. <laughs> and they just all start laughing like, what? Like, what yeah. are you talking Ju- about? Julius looks at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's such a funny look. And then, like, uh, right before this, like, we see that all the black players and white players are finally, like, coming together. Mm-hmm. And they start to, like, um, um, what's it called? They start to... What's it called when, like... No, yeah, but, like, they start to be more open to one another, I guess. They start to be more... Each one- other? <laughs> they get butt... <laughs> you know what, guys? Let's just drop our towels right now. <laughs> Let me check it out. No, Let but like, <laughs> Let me see it. Um, <laughs> they start to be more friendly, and they start by saying like your mama jokes. Yeah, which they all start to laugh. They all start to sing uh, together. Uh, Ain't no mountain high with uh, mm-hmm. from uh, with Martin uh, Marvin Gaye, and uh, they're all singing together. They're having a good time. The only person who is not into it is fucking Ray, who is sticking to his guns it and jazz. being racist. Ray is sitting next to Alan, Ryan Gosling's character, who starts to like dance a little mm-hmm. bit and sing along to the song. Uh, but in that moment, when uh, when Gary says like he kissed me, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" Uh, some uh, a black player says out loud like, "Man, it's getting a little too uh, we're oh, a little yeah. too much male bonding in here." Yeah. And he slaps like <laughs> Ryan, like, "Yeah, you know what's up?" And he like Ryan like grabs his chest, like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, <kinda hurt. laughs> and then um. And then Alan walks up to some other black players, Ryan Gosling's character, and he starts to sing and dance with them. And Ray sees that the last person, like the last white player who has not talked to these black players is finally like being friends with them. And he fucking hates it. Like he, he doesn't not want to be, he still does not want to be friends with the black players. You know, it is a little disheartening to know that it took Ryan Gosling that long. To he was the second to last. <laughs> And then right dude. after this, he did the believer. <laughs> yeah, what was up with that, dude? That was an interesting path. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna be the second to last person to be racist on this football team. Deal done. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So from this, we cut to them coming back home, and we see that they're all singing on the bus, and we see their parents waiting for them to arrive oh, back yeah. from camp, and the white. Uh, parents are saying out loud like they're well they do brainwash them yeah they must be on drugs or something because they're all hanging out with black people That's and so then bad. um we also see like little glimpses into their own life uh we see that uh, uh sunshine walks up to gary he's like hey man like seriously can we just like forget about what happened and he's like yeah we're cool man and so we see their friends everything's good and then we cut to the first day of school um, this is the first day that T.C. Williams High School is officially desegregated, and there is a group of white protesters outside protesting the desegregation. And so we see that these players are back into reality, even though they're friends with one another, like the rest of the world still has catching up to do. And we see Louis walk up to Petey, and the first thing he says jokingly is, what are you doing in my school, boy? And like, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that did not age well. <laughs> He's just being a little goofy. He's being a little goofy guy. He's being a little goofball. Um, uh, we also... No, go for it. No, it was... Uh, yeah, like, it's kind of... Um, it is kind of disheartening to see, like, how much they all bonded at camp. And immediately, they're just back in reality. Because even yeah. um, Bertier, Bertier um, goes up to Campbell and says hi to him. And... 
Bertier's like, oh, man, I thought I knew it was gonna be bad, but I didn't think it was gonna be this bad. And Campbell says something along those lines, like, "This we're just back in the real world, like, like this is how it is." And then we do see a small scene where Bertier introduces his girlfriend to Campbell, and she re- refuses to shake his hand and walks away. But even prior to this, she is telling Bertier that. Um, that pretty much all the black students hate them and like they will always hate them, but she's using this like verbiage of they hate us to kind of mask like that. She feels uncomfortable with what's going on and she doesn't like the fact that they're integrating these schools. Um, so yeah. And, and also like there's like most scenes too with, with the parents, like a lot of the parents don't like it. So it is, it can kind of like fuck with someone's head where, you especially like like these guys are kids pretty much like they're 17 16 17 18 and they're coming back from this camp where they bonded with everybody and like they pretty much have like a genuine uh love for each other as a team and then to come back to i guess reality and like some of their parents don't like what what's going on and even like their girlfriends don't like what's going on i'm sure it can really like mess with like a lot of people's heads especially for the um black players too like to immediately feel like that um cutthroat like no like you can't be friends with this person yeah i think it really like speaks to a reality of life too that like change usually starts with the youth um and we see that um whether these kids wanted it or not they were kind of leading a big ass change in their city and um yeah, I don't, like this movie is just so fucking like heartwarming in the end. Like mm-hmm. I, I always come back to it. Um, like I've shared with you, I think that they don't delve into racism and like a lot of things as much as maybe they should have. And that um, a lot of the things are like, uh, 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 I don't know how to say it, like just brought down a level. Um, but I do think that this movie is a good introduction to like a younger audience of like, yeah, like there is segregation back then. This is how black people were treated. Um, and it's pretty, it's, it's still a good movie. I, I, I like it a lot. So yeah, we cut to their first game and we see that coach Boone is told by the head of the education department, like, look, man, no one thought you were going to make it out of camp. So I'm really sorry to tell you this, but as soon as you have the first sign of trouble, you're fired. And he's like, well, what does that mean? First sign of trouble. The first game you lose, you're fired. So mm-hmm. now Boone is really in a shitty position. He doesn't tell anyone about this. So um, we see that he throws up because he's so fucking nervous at the first game. And he goes to talk to his uh, team. And he walks in and he tells them, you guys are already winners because you didn't kill each other at camp. Mm-hmm. He's like, you don't let anything break us apart. He says, in Greek mythology, the Titans were better than the gods. So let's rule that field like Titans. And uh, hey, man. That shit gave me chills. I love that little speech right there so much. Uh, do you want to walk us through the first game? Um, yeah. So during this game, they're playing fairly well, um, but there is a significant scene, and it's where um, Ryan's character gets pulled from the defensive line because, let's be honest, he's not playing very well. And he it's not even sucks. Yeah. And it's not even a coach Boone that does this. this is coach Yost. Coach Yost pulls Ryan out of the 
play and he puts in Petey. And then at this point, um, Ryan's character's father gets up, stands in the stands and is telling him, like, what are you doing? Like, put my son back in the game. Don't pull my son out. Like, what, were you going to trade in one of those players for my son? And it's kind of funny because I know we said that she's annoying. But uh, Hayden Panettiere's character is like, your son sucks. Like, he's not playing good, dude. Like, sit down. <laughs> sit down and shut up. Um, but yeah, as soon as they put in Petey, like they start to do very good and they end up winning the game. And I kind of like, I kind of forget what happens right after this, but I know that they won this game and, Oh, real quick. It's mm-hmm. also like, imp- uh, I also wanted to point out that, uh, PD is originally playing for offense for Boone, mm-hmm. but Boone kicks him out because like he just isn't up to snuff he's not doing good so like he tells him like go sit on the bench dude you're done so then um yost walks up to him he's like how about you come play defense for me and that's when he swaps out ryan's character and like it it's to set up again this dynamic that boone is incredibly fucking tough but yost is really really nice to especially to the black players Mm -hmm. and um pd delivers and the Titans win. I also like this one little scene where like they're kind of doing shitty and um, Boone turns to his assistant coach and he tells him, hey, do you think um, Yost is like losing on purpose to fuck me over? And the assistant's like, dude, come on. Like, don't think like that. That's like, there's no way he's doing that. But then he he does a swap. He, he favors a black player and then they mm-hmm. win. So it's this acceptance of like, okay, Yost does want to fucking win. So it was good. But yeah, sorry, I cut you off. They they no. go out to town to celebrate after this. Yeah, yeah. So some of the players decide to go out to town, and uh, Sunshine is suggesting that they go eat at this place, and he's telling everybody like, "No, it should be fine." Like, but I at this point, uh, Sunshine is from California, which I believe is a lot more uh, desegregated than the South, obviously. So he is very unaware of like the culture down in George. Where are they at? Uh, Virginia. Virginia. And so they try to get into this restaurant and the owner tells them like, you guys, the white players can come inside, but these guys got to eat out in the back. He's pretty much telling them that he doesn't want them in the restaurant. And PD throws a fit and tells him like, man, like what the hell is wrong with you? Like, like you planned that shit. Like you knew that was going to happen. And even uh, I think it's blue. Blue is the one telling him like, no, dude, like he doesn't know. Like he's not from around here. Like he like he I don't think he did that on purpose. And PD just walks off and Sunshine is left um, distraught because yeah. he doesn't understand what happened. It's a really like powerful scene and to like show how like racism was around and prominent. But if you're white, you could just not see it yeah and like sunshine is coming from a good place like he's trying to be friendly and trying to be like a good friend but pd tells him before like hey dude like you're not you don't know how stuff is around here like this is not going to go well and so after when he gets mad he he says a line that that's so good he's like man i told you this was gonna fucking happen and blue tells him like dude he doesn't know like he didn't know that was gonna happen just let it go he's like dude he doesn't want to know or he doesn't know because he doesn't want to know like this line of like, like, dude, if this guy gave a shit, he could learn about what's going on. But he chose to be ignorant about it because he's white. And it's like, it's so fucking good. It's so subtle, but it's a really good line. Um, Yeah. 
And then, oh yeah, and then the next scene is we we cut to uh, Alan's dad, Ryan Gosling's character. His dad is yelling at Coach Yost and Coach Boone, um, and he uh, tells him like, "My son was a five time athlete of the week. How are you going to pass up on him?" And Yost is like, "That's just the way it's going to be, dude. Like this other kid's way better." To which the dad says something super racist of like, "Oh, it's all your fault, Coach Boone," and he calls him like an animal or some shit, and it's really yeah. bad. <laughs> But do you want to walk us through this scene? Um, I just, I just remember him wanting to say like a pretty bad slur, and yep. right at the last minute, Coach Yost tells him like, "Don't say anything that'll get you into trouble. Like, just stop. Like, just shut up and get out." And so he leaves. And I believe right after this, um, they play another game and everyone is playing terribly. Yeah. And um, it's sorry, mainly- real quick. Yeah. There's 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 one more line that like really stuck that really stuck with me is after this interaction with Alan's dad, he leaves and Yost points out to Boone, like, dude, you're so fucking tough on our players. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not cool. You gotta chill out. To which Yo- to which a Boone retorts of like, okay. I'm tough, but I'm tough with everyone, black or white. What about you? You're really soft, aren't you? Like, but to who exactly? To the black players, right? And he tells them, like, you think you're doing them a favor, but you're crippling them. These kids need to be tough for the world, for the real world out there. And this, like, line to deliver, like, you think you're being good by being extra nice to people who have it bad? That's not the way you should do things. You should treat people equally. Like, that's all we're asking for. And you're fucking over people if you treat them way too nice. And I, that shit really stuck with me, especially as like a teacher, because I try to be like extra nice. And then I think like, no, like sometimes you just got to be fucking tough because that's going to help the person grow to be better. And um, yeah, I love that line so much. Sometimes you got to verbally berate your students. (laughs) Sometimes you got to call them a fucking idiot. (laughs) Makes them better. Sometimes you got to make them stand up in front of the class and be like, Hey, everybody, this guy's a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so in the next scene, they're playing a game and they're all playing terribly. And it I felt like it was because the reality of what's around these players is finally settling in. Yeah. And it's just causing them to play shitty. Because they all I think because they all feel bad about like what's going on. Yeah. So I wrote like a note that like the effects of reality they live in begin to bleed onto the field, but um, they do turn it around and they do barely win. Like just barely. I think they get like one run or one, uh, one goal over the other team. Um, Do you, is there anything that stood out to you in this scene? No, I think you're very right that with that analysis of like they're finally coming down from their high of like, hey, we're all getting along, but it's like shit, like shit is just so fucked up around us. So they just barely eke out a win mm-hmm. with this one. But then um, we cut to Coach Boone meeting with Coach Yost at his house and um, Coach Herb is there too. To which when he sees Boone, he's like, I'm, I'm going to go outside because he can't stand to be next to fucking Coach yeah. Boone's racist motherfucker. And so um, they talk and we can see that their fr- their relationship is turning more into a friendship. So Coach Boone and Yost are starting to like each other. Boone comes over to tell him like, oh, I have some like 
playbooks here if you want to check them out. And and Yost compliments him like, oh man, these are fucking good. And Boone also tells him like, hey, like my daughter could always use another friend. If you want to bring over Cheryl, your daughter, to hang out, we would love to have her. Um, and then we cut to school. We see Sunshine is doing yoga outside <laughs> and these girls are like super like hot for him. And then uh, these two white girls are like, uh, are just checking him out. And then uh, Petey walks up. He's like, why are you guys staring at Sunshine? He's a bench warmer. Everyone knows that I'm the reason why the Titans are winning. And these girls like <laughs> retort back like, what? He's from California. He's a dreamboat. And he's like, yeah, he's from California. You know what that oh, means? Yeah. California. And then <laughs> one of the girl's boyfriends walks up to Petey. And he's like, you talking to my girlfriend? To which he retorts. I don't see any barnyard animals around here, so I don't think so. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a Donald good Faison, Donald Faison is so fucking funny. Um, I'm also a big fan of him in the Scrub series. He's yeah. so hilarious. And this scene sets up that there are still super high racial tensions in the school because this leads to a fight, and it immediately turns into a white uh, into a fight between white and black students. To which uh, Julius and Gary have to break it up. They break up and settle down uh, their classmates. Um, there, is, um, there is one scene where Coach Yost is talking with uh, his old assistant coach. And his old assistant coach basically tells him that he will not work with Coach Boone. Like at all. And like that becomes a concern for Coach Yost. And then I believe right after this, there is an incident where... Um, Coach Yosa's daughter is at Coach Boone's house and uh, she's obviously hanging out there. And it's kind of funny too because uh, she's watching football plays with Coach Boone. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, his wife tells him, like, why don't you go uh, play with, um, what's her name? Like uh, S- Sydney or something? I think, yeah. And uh, she says, I don't play with dolls. And then <laughs> Coach Boone's daughter goes, I'm not playing with dolls, I'm accessorizing them. <laughs> and she's like, eh. and then uh, uh, Coach Boone tells her, like, yeah, why don't you go, why don't you go play with the, uh, play with the he's dogs? Like, she's like, yeah, why don't you go accessorize? Yeah, he looks back at her and he's like, all right, never mind. <laughs> yeah, and then a brick gets thrown through their window, and they again, like these guys say a uh, racial slur that rhymes with uh, Coach Boone's name, and they. Obviously, Coach Boone has been through this before, and he tells everybody to go in, go in the back, and he grabs a shotgun, he walks out, and this car is driving off. And the next day, they're at school, and Coach Boone basically puts it out there. Like, whoever wants to do stuff like this can come to me personally and talk to my face personally. Like, I'm not going to be intimidated by people. I'm not going to be scared by these people. But yeah, if you have a problem with me, you can tell me. And so they begin to walk into the school and Coach Yost tells him like, hey, dude, you got to like cut it back. You know, like this, this, um, the way you're handling things is not okay. And we should be setting an example for our players. You know, like my daughter was almost uh, like my daughter could have been hurt. And he, Coach Boone tells him, I genuinely am sorry for what happened with your daughter. Like I am. But this is something that my daughters have been going through for years since they've been growing up and this is something that i've been dealing with for a long time and he pretty much says like you're only concerned about it because this happened to your daughter but this has been happening to me and i'm not going to let these things 
get to me or my family or or affect us in the way that these people think it is. So I'm obviously going to go out there and I'm going to tell these people like how it is. And you can kind of see like just how ignorant Coach Yost is when he talks about these things with Coach Boone. And Coach Boone like immediately just like tells him how it is and like kind of like puts him in this place. Like I really do yeah. like these small scenes that they have with each other. Yeah. And like at the end, Coach Yo still comes off as someone like a good person. And I think the movie reflects, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it reflects like a reality of like, you are a person that has a lot of privilege, whether you be white, whether you be a man or whatever reason you have privilege. But when someone tells you like, hey, dude, like this is the reality. Uh, Coach Yost sets a really good example of like, he doesn't say it directly, but through his actions is, is like, um, I didn't know that. Um, now that I know that, I'm going to correct my behavior. And um, I think it's just a really like easy and ideal way to deal with like changing your behavior to be a better person. So like, I think Coach Yost comes off as a really likable person. Um, I do want to like speed up a little bit to like the end because we're almost like an hour and a half in. <laughs> yeah. But um, I do want to point out that um, there is a scene where the where the teammates get all together. They call they call a team meeting without the coaches. And they essentially the meeting is just to point out like, dude, we've been playing really shittily. We need to get it together. Like just because what's happening outside in the world might be affecting us. Like we have a special thing going on between us and we got to like be together. We got to hold each other accountable. But the, the actor who plays blue has a, a little monologue to point out, like we haven't achieved anything yet. We still have a long road to go and it's really not, good he just says like uh pretty much the whole time he's saying the word nothing over and over and he's like man you think because we went to camp and we came back friends that we achieved something we ain't done nothing y'all and he says that like five <laughs> times and it's so watching it this time I'm like wow they they really could have done a better job with that monologue <laughs> it's like that uh that dinner scene from the bear you've done nothing nothing <laughs> you're nothing nothing oh man Okay, so just to speed along a little bit. So a couple of things that happened, and let me know if I miss anything. Um, so each game goes along pretty much the same way of like, they start to do shitty at first, they have some type of realization, then they kick ass, right? So after this team meeting, the the, the teammates decide to have like a little dance. You know, they sing like, uh, we are the Titans, mighty, mighty Titans. And throughout this scene, they show Ryan dancing a lot, which I liked a lot. <laughs> He's number 48. You could see him the whole time. Um, so fucking uh, one thing that happens is that Ray doesn't block for Rev. Rev gets injured. Mm-hmm. Um and now Sunshine is the quarterback because Rev is injured. Uh, Ray gets kicked off the team because he's not a good teammate. Um, we have a montage of the Titans winning. They're doing really good. And Coach Yost is nominated for a Hall of Fame award. And the committee tells him, like, hey, we're going to rig the game the next game you have. Um, so don't worry. You'll be the coach again next year. To which Yost feels conflicted. He sees the next day at the game that everything is rigged. And he tells the refs, like, stop rigging the game. Like, I don't give a shit about this Hall of Fame award. Stop it. We're going to fucking play this game real. And they win the game. Coach Yost is out of the running for the um, for the Hall of Fame award. So from this scene, we see that they won their division championship. So now they're going to go on to state championships. So this big game is coming along. Um, fucking Gary 
decides to go out for a little drive celebrating while the rest of his teammates are out with their like girlfriends or family. He's not paying attention because the whole crowd is like cheering for him as he's driving and he goes to an intersection. He gets T-boned by a fucking car. Um, everyone shows up to the hospital. Everyone is distraught. Julius asks Coach Boone, how is Gary doing? To which Boone retorts with, uh, he's paralyzed from the waist down, which is fucking tragic, dude. dude the team I captain. About that. Uh, I was like, fucking, what the fuck? <laughs> fucking bums me out every time. Um, but we see that Gary is still in like high spirits, and Julius uh, walks into the room. Gary's mom tells Julius, like, he's been asking only for you. I need you to be strong. Don't cry in front of him. You know, be strong for him and me. And so he walks in and the nurse tells him like, oh, I'm sorry. Only kin is allowed. And Jerry says like, well, can't you see the family resemblance? We're brothers. Yeah. It's a sweet <laughs> fucking moment. Um, and then we, uh, he tells him essentially like, go win the fucking game for me, dude. Go win the state championship. So we cut to the state championship. Do you want to walk us through this scene? To the state championship? Yeah. Or is oh, there something dude. else you want to point out? Um. I got so into the game, I stopped taking notes. <laughs> and I just started watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll run through it, but just like, if you want to say something, just cut me off. Just go yeah. for it. Okay, so we cut to the state championship. Uh, the first thing that pops up is that Louie, uh, once the whole team gives their like little speech and they go off to the field, Louie stays behind and he starts crying. And he tells uh, Coach Boone, like, I'm eligible. And he hugs him. And then Coach Boone retorts with, like, uh, he's like, well, that's nice, son, but I'm married. Yeah. And he tells, like, I'm, I got a C minus average. I'm eligible to go to college. And they embrace yeah. him and tells him, like, congratulations. Um, in the previous game, PD had a little hissy fit and ran off the field and abandoned his team. But he comes back for this game and he tells Yost, like, I'm ready to play. And Yost tells him, you'll play next year. You abandon your team in their time of need. You can warm the bench. So he sits down. Uh, Allen is playing for the Titans. And we see that the Titans are fucking struggling against this uh, opposing team called Marshall. And specifically, Allen, Ryan Gosling's character, is fucking struggling to keep up with um, the other players on the Marshall team. So yeah, he plays pretty bad in this game. <laughs> Um, yeah, like what the fuck? His dad says that he's like five times state champion or whatever the fuck, and he sucks throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do love this part though, where um, Alan comes up to Coach Yost and tells him, "Put in Petey, because I'm not playing that well. I can't keep up with these players, but I know Petey can." And Coach Yost, obviously trying to still play that role of like, I'm not trying to show, I guess, like a like favoritism or favoritism yeah. towards like the other players. He's like, you know what? You can go tell him then. And if he agrees then he can go out and play with you. And Alan is like more than happy to tell him. And so they put Petey in the game and boom, they start playing way better. It is like kind of weird to kind of like just put this little subplot to where, you know, Alan's dad is like pissed off that he's not playing, but to also like have him kind of suck. <laughs> So yeah, it's, like, it's a obviously little. Obviously, we're gonna put in the better player. I think it's also a commentary of like players like Babe Ruth, like wouldn't be shit if the fucking uh, if like professional sports was already integrated back then. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> actually, yeah. I don't know for sure, but it feels that way. Of like, do you think these players are good? Like, yeah, like fucking desegregate the school, and you're gonna find out. <laughs> yeah, 
But yeah, from this, we see that they start to kick ass, um, but they're still down by four points. Marshall is still winning at seven to three. On the last play for Marshall, they fumble the ball. PD recovers it. And for the final play, um, they put in Rev, who was injured, but now he's like okay enough to to uh, receive a ball. So they pass the ball to Rev. Sunshine is blocking. Everyone blocks, and fucking Rev makes it, and they win the fucking state championship. And um, they're all celebrating. You see the whole team's hyped as fuck. And also uh, Yost and uh, Boone have this nice little moment where they look at each other and Yost says like, uh, what you did with these boys was amazing and you were the right man for the job. And Boone turns to him and he says, you're a Hall of Famer in my book. And then we end on this celebration and then we cut to 10 years later. It is now mm-hmm. 1981. It is revealed that Gary, after his injury, started to uh, play in the Special Olympics and even though he was paralyzed from the waist down, he was still an amazing athlete. But in 1981, he unfortunately died. And so we cut to 10 years later. The team is back together for Gary's funeral. And I seriously like want to cry right now <laughs> just talking about it. <laughs> it is so fucking sad to end on this note. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you think of this final scene? Dude, I was I like I haven't like I haven't seen this movie in a long time. So like rewatching it was like nice and refreshing, but I completely forgot that like they end on like Gary's death. And I believe it is um Coach Yost's daughter who's narrating after all. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, dude, just to like but then to like see them all together and to see that they still maintain like this friendship with every each other and they still try to be involved in everyone's lives is honestly so it's honestly like so fucking heartwarming to see that yeah because especially like in a time like that like you like anything can happen and like you can see any of these players begin to like resent each other and like just move on with their lives and like live in this kind of bubble that they've been living in for for so long but yeah to see them all come together for an, an unfortunately very sad event um i still loved it though i thought it was a great ending and then dude and then like Right after this, they play updates on everybody, and it turns out that Coach Boone and Coach Yost are still very good friends, like to this day. Or I mean, they might be dead now. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Uh, but then, like, to see how, um, yeah, actually, at the end, it says Coach Yost died of COVID. It's very crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but to see how uh, Bertier died. Like that was like that was Dude, a good punch for, for sure. I I always fucking forget how he died. So in the movie, he's paralyzed from a car crash. This motherfucker died in 1981 from a drunk driver. He died in a second fucking car crash. Like that is so fucking tragic, man. And like the worst luck ever, too, for being honest. Like that just sucks so much. And then they have updates for. <laughs> Sorry, uh, they have <laughs> updates for uh, PD. PD still like he plays or he still lives in the same area and, and is mm-hmm. involved in the education system. Um, Rev be- didn't become a reverend, even though that was his nickname. He became like uh, he works for the U.S. Air Force or something. Yeah. And then um, Julius well, um, is also. No, go, go for it. I no, forgot you... what I was going to say. Go for it. No, uh, <laughs> Louis, Louis ends up moving to Texas and he finishes four years of college and he plays four years of uh, college football. 
and then he moves to Texas and becomes a successful uh, businessman. Yeah, and then I forgot what happens to Julius, but he also goes off to college and he has a, 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 a successful life. No update on Alan, though, which is mm-hmm. weird. I wish they did, but Probably because he sucked. <laughs> he killed himself <laughs> after. Because <laughs> oh, of how terrible so, a player he was. It's autoerotic asphyxiation. They found a photo of <laughs> Petey in the, in the room. <laughs> Anyway, he that's became the a, um, he became an autistic stunt driver. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, man, I love this movie so much. But that brings us to the end of the movie and the end of our podcast. So, Emilio, I want to ask you: give me a final summary of your feelings about Remember the Titans, and give it a rating from one to five. Well, so like I said, like I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Like I haven't really like sat down and watched it. And yeah, it still holds up very well, um, especially for a Disney movie. Um, yeah, like like you said, there could have been more of like a commentary or like a deep dive into like the actual like really shit conditions that was happening and like how these people were living these lives like integrating the schools um the racism is very like i think you told me like diet <laughs> like, it's like diet racism in this yeah because <laughs> there's no like overt violence either yeah that, uh, black people had to experience in in america um but yeah <laughs> but i think i think like you said like if you're trying to introduce this topic to like kids um, I think this is a good movie to start. It, it it shows like how hard it was to, for these people to come together and like and be integrated into schools when like in today's time, day and age it feels almost normal. And um, yeah, I I actually really liked this movie, which is funny because I used to hate it because my cousin. <laughs> but yeah, I would I would give it a five out of five very respectable um i was telling emilio this this story that uh, at my previous job because uh, we're talking about in this movie how like a lot of the themes are like introduction for maybe like students that don't know about segregation and how uh, black people's lives were during the 60s and before that or 70s and so i remember talking with a colleague who is telling me like how do you approach telling students about like racism and like heavy topics like that? And I told her something to the effect of like, we have to be honest. You have to speak on those things. You can't act as if like, or talk down or like um, water them down because then that's doing a disservice to the people who experienced it. So like be honest, engage what like a, what a student can maybe take at that time, but you have to speak on that stuff to which the, my colleague uh, retorted with, um, yeah, well, we've had a lot of good things happen in the past 50 years, and I'd rather focus on that. Um, and if you're thinking to yourself, was she white? Uh, yeah, she was white. Uh, <laughs> um, and if you're listening by some miracle, you know who you are, uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you're definitely one of the reasons why I hated that job. Anyway, um, uh, I I love this movie a lot. It is definitely one I've seen a lot, as we've talked about. It was my introduction to Ryan Gosling, and I think everyone's so fucking cool and so good in it. Um, Denzel Washington is one of my favorite actors ever, 
and um, he does an amazing fucking performance. Everyone is so great. Um, I will definitely watch this again at some point in my life. Um, I'll probably show it to students in my classroom, definitely, if it lines up with something. Um, and yeah, I like it a lot. So yeah, five out of five for me. Um, okay, so in the pantheon of Ryan Gosling's uh, performances and other movies, all the way up from an S down to an F, we're going to place Remember the Titans. I give it an A for what it is, or what for what his role is, I guess, as the character. He's not a big character. He's not like prominent, but he is funny. He does steal the scenes that he's in, and he just does a good job of playing a kid who was the second most racist player and then decides to change his tune. <laughs> that is so funny. It takes some all long ass time to come around to the black players. I've never noticed that. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's an A performance. Um, it's not one of his most like memorable roles, but that being said, this is the reason why I remembered Ryan Gosling. When I saw him again pop up in like, in in drive or i forgot what was the next movie i saw him in where i was like oh shit that's the guy from remember the titans i remember him um yeah he stuck he, he stuck in my mind because of this movie but um mm-hmm. yeah i'll give it an a I, I also like it a lot i think he does steal the scenes a lot every time he pops up now i'm like holy shit there he is yeah um okay so last thing are we literally him are you literally alan bosley am i the second most racist person in my family <laughs> yes <laughs> um you know like i can be charismatic at times i definitely um if i were on this team i definitely would have warmed up to everybody a lot faster than yeah him. so i think all in all the good qualities that he is in this film i can see myself in that um but yeah, that's about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. Um, the one thing, I mean, like he is super funny in the movie mm-hmm. and he is a character that has a positive arc, at least, at least he didn't stay racist. Um, and he's also shitty at sports and I'm really shitty at sports. <laughs> so I would say I'm a hundred percent literally him. <laughs> <laughs> five-time player of the week my ass my yeah fucking bullshit it's fucking dad paid to (laughs) oh i forgot to mention that um denzel washington did training day and ava mendez is in that oh you're right married her that's their connection the ryan gosling universe dude it just keeps growing um (laughs) all right y'all so next week we're going to be watching only god forgives released in 2013 so check that out if you want to watch it before we spoil the whole fucking thing so yeah uh, yeah that movie is where i'm literally him (laughs) i'm just Um, saying that because i really i really am excited to get joseph's opinion on it (laughs) i'm scared to watch it now um (laughs) yeah you guys should give us a rating you should also follow us on tiktok on literally him podcast on tiktok Mm -hmm. but emilio what should the people rate us um, I would say five out of five. And if you give us any different rating, you're definitely the second most racist person in your family. <laughs> Possibly the first, Possibly if we're being real. First, yeah. 
probably the most racist. Because let's let's make it clear right now, or just based off of our voices alone, we are not white. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this needs to be uttered one more time, but we're both brown, both people of color. So hey, man, gotta so give you, us that five star. So if you hate our podcast, that makes you racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we're both like <laughs> ethnically ambiguous. So like <laughs> we racist be, to multiple things. We could be anything, anything we want. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>